because it's a heavy physical delivered market, they have a price premium. It's very robust. You're starting to see more trade go through there and more trade come off of COMEX. So very clearly in the trade data, you see people pulling metals off of COMEX, moving them a little bit into London and a little bit into China. And that trade is moving west to east. Now, Welcome to Gold Silver Pros. Searching for the best precious metals deal? Shop with our trusted partner, Arc Silver. Access special deals on silver, gold, and platinum through our website or call 307-264-9441. Hey everyone, this is Rob Keats with goldsilverpros.com here and back with your weekly market wrap up. Today, the highlight of the weekly market wrap is the fact that we've had another gold heist. This time it was at a Canadian airport. Thieves stole $22 million worth of gold from the airport. The airport is a major transportation point for gold miners and other gold companies in Canada that ship gold through there all the time. It's a top 30 airport across the world, but there wasn't a lot of security on that shipment and 22 million got stolen. They're originally, I think, 3,600 pounds of gold equaling about 105 million. Thieves couldn't get it all because I guess it was just too heavy, but it goes to show that people are really interested and we'll get further into that news story as we go forward. We're also going to talk about what's going on in the economy. We're going to look at the data and the statistics and give you the theme for the week. And this week is very news story heavy. Lots of different news stories to cover. So we'll do that. And we'll bring you your review of the gold and silver markets of the last week as well. Let's dive straight into it. So as we're looking at the gold price right now at goldprice.com at time of this recording, about 1020 a.m. Central Time on the 21st of April 2023. Uh, gold is trading 1978.38, down about $27. Silver is trading down 2502, down 23 cents. And the reason for this, I believe, is options expiration on the 25th. Uh, as friends have pointed out to me, really watch options expiration on uh, the futures markets, on the COMEX and the NYMEX and those markets. Ox options expiration is coming up for gold, and there were price targets that a lot of participants had to meet, and they were below 1990, and so gold's price has fallen below 1990. We'll see if it stays below their target of 1990, the seller's target on the COMEX of 1990 uh, and they're in the money on their futures and options positions, their papers positions. And if so, I expect the gold price to continue to rise after. Of course, there's positive gold uh, price and silver price pressure in the Asian markets, which we'll go over uh, on this video as well near the end. Let's take a look at what the economy is doing today. The Dow Jones Industrial is down about 40 points. The S&P is down about five points. NASDAQ and Russell both selling off. And that's because S&P 500 is falling due to profit reports. Uh, I keep harping on this about every three months, we get the quarterly reports from corporations. The reports that came out at the beginning of this year weren't so hot. About a third of the economy was doing really badly. The other two thirds was doing okay, but the overall S&P earnings weren't great for fourth quarter. And now we're looking at first quarter and they're coming in unimpressive as well. It's not that, that certain companies economy aren't growing. There are more that aren't and the ones that aren't are doing fairly badly. And that's putting overall downward pressure on the economy as those earnings reports come out. In terms of the economic data, we'll get to that in just a moment. I wanted to read the other markets. Um, the bond market is really interesting now. We have the short-term issuance is really spiking up in rates. And what that means is over the short term, and we're talking two-month, three-month, four-month, six-month, and one year, those rates are all hovering around 5% or over. The two-month two is at 4.979, just under the five mark. The three-month is over at 5.156. The four-month treasury is trading at 5.211. The peak of the interest rates is on that four month. And then the six month is trading at 5.065. And then it starts to come down. The one year is under 
Uh, the two-year benchmark is at 4.19, still higher than we'd like to see it, but it has significantly come off from its high. And the 10 years at 3.57. So overall, the longer dated bond interest rates had come down. But I think uh, the overall short-term interest rates had gone up. And I think what that means is we're pulling risk forward. In other words, as we get closer to a recession, the bond rates reflect that. And the higher the short-term bond rates go up. Of course, we're in yield curve inversion because of that. And that's why it's the biggest indicator of an oncoming recession. The bond guys really know what's going on. And it's really reflected in those rates. Looking at the other markets, cryptocurrencies have done pretty well as of late, although Bitcoin has fallen back down under 30,000. It's down 52.86 today. Uh, Bitcoin Cash is doing okay. It's up a point, sitting at 123.18. Um, we're looking at Ethereum is also off 1650 to 1909. A Litecoin is up a buck 62 at 89.42. XRP is about a penny off and change. It's normal for XRP. So overall, the crypto complex is kind of uh, uh, sideways trading down in the biggest one in Bitcoin, also down uh, a little bit in uh, Ethereum and some of the others. Litecoin seems to be doing okay. But the crypto complex is selling off just a bit. And, and I think that just has to do with it being fraud. It happened to gold and silver. It happened to crypto at the same time. People take profits. Much like in the derivatives market in gold and silver, they take profits. They'll do it in the cryptos as well. Overall, the economy is doing okay, not great. Let's go into the economic data. This week was a tale of manufacturing. And man, did we get a bunch of schizophrenic reports. Empire State Manufacturing out of New York was up 10.8 today, which uh, I'm sorry, on the 17th on Monday which is extremely bullish for that area of the country because it was down 24.6 last month, which was unbelievably negative. And it swung the other way to 10.8 up. That's fantastic. And we like to see that. It means some manufacturing has come back, but you also have to look at that with a jaundiced eye because if it was down that much last month and it made a recovery only of about 50%, a little bit less than 50% of last month's fall, is it really bullish? It's nice to see. Well, look at some of the other manufacturing numbers. If we look at the overall uh, U.S. manufacturing PMI, the big index, it closed at under 40. It was 49.0, and it fell from last month at 49.2. Now, 50 is break-even. 50 is where you're not growing, you're not shrinking. So it's a slight shrinking, although not a big one. So overall, not too bad. But some of the other manufacturing came in a little bit different. We had uh, a negative uh, manufacturing, a big negative manufacturing in Philadelphia, uh, which was not good. And so manufacturing in the country is up and down. Some indexes are up, some are down, but overall it's floating just under break even. So we're still shrinking in manufacturing. Services PMI is doing okay. It was at 51.5. Most of the economies in services, so that's still slightly growing, although it's not keeping up with inflation. So I'd like to point out, even though we're having positive GDP, especially in the services part of the economy, that's not indicative of beating inflation. Inflation's higher right now than our growth in GDP. So I actually think we're in a negative GDP growth, but that's not the way the government calls it. But at least services is somewhat holding up and not creating. Manufacturing is all over the place. It's been very interesting. Looking at housing starts, building permits at 1.41 million, housing starts at 1.42 are both down. And resales, uh, I saw elsewhere in news, uh, were way down. Existing home sales are okay, 4.4 million, about the same as last month. Um, However, part of that index really is crashing. And so we'll have to take a look at that. I love this statistic. The, the U.S. leading economic indicators is just a batch of random indicators that economists put together to kind of survey their overall field of the economy. That's down 1.2%. So if I had to, had to end it all up at the end of the day, overall, the economy is shrinking a little bit. There are some positive signs of growth, but not enough really to keep us moving forward. Uh, 
live profit report uh, update we'll get you from CNBC. It says here, stocks fell Friday morning as investors evaluate a week worth of earnings results and concerns of disappointing profits. All of the major averages headed for week losses. The benchmark index last traded 0.26, sorry, 0.2%. 0.26% lower. Well, the Nasdaq composite lost 0.3%. Uh, there's a continued push-pull of the fact that the economy has been a lot more resilient than many people expected. Uh, and corporate earnings have held up pretty well, all things considered, said Chris Zaccarelli, Chief Investment Offer Independent Advisor Alliance. Even so, he noted that the Federal Reserve's raised rates substantially over the last year, and even if central bank hikes in May, will likely hold rates a higher level than the market expects. He says, you can kind of see the bull and bear case really right here in a nutshell as far as a resilient economy with stronger and expected corporate earnings versus a very hot restrictive mon policy from the Fed. I would argue that the corporate earnings haven't been as strong as he argues, but I see the point. The Fed, with their restriction, is trying to slow down the economy. The economy wants to kind of get up and run, but I think misallocated capital would favor the Fed's approach. It does need to come off. We do need to have a recession. I don't know that we could stay heated up for any while longer. And I, I think with manufacturing is really showing the tail and the housing is showing the tail. But it's interesting to see that you have that push pull and, and different opinions of the economy. I think it's coming off just a bit. We're going to talk about some of the stories of the week, and I'm actually going to put them up on the screen for you. I have this really cool graph from Statista about the world's best economies over time. And they're talking about the role uh, of U.S. versus other uh, major economies dating back to the 1990s. You can see here on the chart. On the far left in 92, it was U.S. and Japan. And, uh, you know, that was what really propelled us through the 90s. Then we had the tech crash in 2000. And then you saw Japan kind of fall down in that time frame. And China, India, with their manufacturing, came back up. The U.S. was still on top. But they're predicting here based on, you know, this is IMF data. As you can see here at the bottom left. Uh, they're predicting by 2028 that China will overtake the U.S. And I think China, the labor rates are more expensive. Mexico is cheaper. They're moving into a service-based economy. A lot of people... You know, don't know that, but that's been China's stated plan for the last 10 to 20 years. And they're really building up their middle class and turning into a consumption economy much, much like the U.S. And I think this is China's rise into world power, taking a very similar path to the U.S., slightly different, but very similar. And I think the U.S. is going to fall down to number two. Of course, dollar problems in the U.S. this week. So that was a major story. The media came out and talked about the dollar problems and talked about why China is rising in terms of the Belt and Road Initiative and how they're de-dollarizing and the BRICS nations are de-dollarizing. That'd be Brazil, Russia, uh, China, India, South Africa, I believe, plus all the other nations that are signed on to the Belt and Road Initiative. So I think we're just seeing this geopolitical shift and this trade shift around commodities and around trade. The U.S. will still be a very positive factor, even the dollar's no longer going to be the world reserve currency. That's already happening. And talks are happening at a very high level international agencies talking about replacing the dollar that came out this week with a digital currency so we know the u.s is on its way out as the leading uh, nation because of the dollar as world reserve currency but it's still going to be a huge player and we have wonderful resources in the u.s human labor resources and physical resources so we're going to still be a strong economy we're just going through a transition to where we may not be top dog anymore and that may be good for us to come off of that it takes a lot of the political pressure off of us while we focus on fixing things at home i think this actually could be a big thing and, and a positive here is the story on the heist. Originally, it was thought $105 million of gold was taken from the Pearson Airport in Canada, where refiners and miners will ship that out to their customers. But it turns out they couldn't get it all because gold's heavy, but they did get $22 million, And I think this is the biggest, uh, the biggest gold heist from this airport. Of course, a lot of gold flows through there from the Canadian mining sector. Previously, there was about $3 million in 1952, but this is the biggest one. And interesting to see what happens. As reported on the Toronto Sun, a major heist at Pearson Airport 
in Toronto left a major bank out 22 million and a leading airline wondering what went wrong. The theft first reported by the Toronto Sun happened in Monday in the early evening hours and saw $22 million worth of gold and banknotes stolen. A confidential memo shared with the Sun stated that the bank in question was TD while the airline was Air Canada. No information from the airline, so on and so forth. There was something that happened in 1952, the next biggest height. Um, this airport handles 45% of all of Canada's air cargo traffic with more than 1 million metric tons of cargo coming and going from 175 countries around the world. To say a lot of goods move through Pearson is an understatement. The airport is a linchpin of the GTA's logistics system. Of course, as earlier mentioned, in 1952, 10 boxes of gold were bound for Montreal, but only four boxes showed up. The highest is valued at about $3 million in today's dollar. The one that we just saw this week was the biggest. Another interesting story from the Mises Institute talking about the fall of money supply, and this is critical to understanding the economy. Money supply growth fell to a 50-year low in February. Will the Fed panic? When money supply uh, flow slows down, recession hits. We need liquidity for this Keynesian economic system. Not that I'm advocating that should be, but that's what we have. And I know for that system to work, you have to have ever-increasing amounts of liquidity and debt in the system, or then it crashes. When you have money supply growth falling and falling to a 50-year low, it is going to affect the state of the economy. Looking at the graph from the Mises Institute, they have their own measure of TMS. They also measure the state-issued M2 money supply issued from the Fed. And you can see it is just cratered dating back to the pandemic. It went up in the pandemic money creation. And then right after the pandemic, we just sucked it all back out. And this is affecting the economy. This is one of the reasons why the economy is faltering, because you don't have that easy credit and the easy money. And companies are having to survive on their own and struggling and that is a large reason why we're in this recessionary cycle. Going to the gold report, you can see we've had really low volumes on the COMEX, but we've had a, a high amount of interest in the physical. Only 37 deliveries in April because it's not the dominant contract. You can tell June is, and it's still adding contracts. So it is the summit right now of where gold and silver is being traded on the industrial strain in the U.S. on the COMEX. And you can see here, 1,651 contracts went over to London to get that physical exposure because probably Comex doesn't have it or there's not 15 or one, 1,651 contracts is only 453. This is not a big delivery month we're in now. Remember, if you're going to take delivery on the Comex of actual physical, you have to do it in the current delivery month. There aren't enough contracts to hold the demand. So people are going over to London. That's what's happening. That happened on Thursday. We're looking here at Wednesday's data, 1915 again, EFP. You can read the top line ticker. A lot of volume here. A lot of volume in the June contract month, a lot of interest. Let's go over to the settlement data. As we look at it, this is Thursday's data as well. We're looking at Thursday closing up 1180 on gold, which is positive given that we know that the traders want to get it under 1990. Uh, that's their target. 1990 is where they're going to make their money on the derivatives trade. So the fact it was even up yesterday is good. Oh, I think the sell-off will hit today and the sell-off will hit Monday in terms of that options expiration. And then about the middle of next week, I feel like a weather forecaster. We're going to get warmer. We're going to get sunny, less rain. Um, we're going to have a positive outlook on gold. And I can almost see it in the charts where I can do it like a weather forecast. It's going down the next couple of days for options expiration. After options expiration, I think the rest of the world is going to be interested in gold. They're going to play it on the derivatives market and they're going to raise the price. So expect about middle of next week, gold and silver to start to recover a little bit and maybe end on a high next week. Uh, that's my weather report. We'll see if that actually comes true. I'm going to show you what's going on in the physical market in both London and in China to show you those physical flows. 
And one of the reasons why I think in addition to what's coming off of COMEX, that people are really interested in the physical. And I think that puts a floor under the price that even the derivatives traders aren't going to be able to knock down for too long because the rest of the world knows the dollar's in trouble. We need to go to gold. And that's just the way it is. That's what we're seeing on Thursday's data. Let's see what happened on Wednesday. We had a capitulation on Wednesday down $12.40 to sell at 2,730 average on the June 23rd contract on an estimated volume of 218,000. If you want, you can come to this website and just continue to look down those. They keep five days of data, but I'm going to show you a little bit more. We're going over to silver. A lot of volume in silver. People really want silver. I mean, this has become a battleground metal for sure. Lots of volume trading. The dominant month, as you can see here, is July, one month after the dominant June month in gold. 88,000 contracts trading, 6,000 added, but you also see some frothiness in September, December. December is always a big month for gold and silver because it's the ending, and anybody who wants to take end of your positions or take physical delivery is going to trade December. But September is shaping up for another big potential contract delivery month for silver. Going back to May, which is coming off of his dominant delivery month, but still affects it. You still have 51,000 contracts trading there. You were frothing the EMP trade, 406 contracts in May went over. Uh, deliveries in the current contract, Naples only 30. So that's the tail of the tape in silver for Thursday's data. We look at Wednesday and you can see 501 EFPs on that May contract. People want silver now. They could do EFPs on July, but they want it now. That's why you're seeing the EFPs come on the nearer term contract. People do not want to wait for their silver. This is what tells you that silver is in shorter supply physically than gold because people are EFPing it to London on closer term months. And it's an indication that silver is in high demand. Let's look at the ETFs here. We got the wonderful chart from McLaren to Gold Charts or us. Who compiles the COMEX data, scrapes all that, and puts it into a trend for us, and also does the ETF data. Most of the ETFs are stored in London, not all, some in New York and other places around the world, but we use this as like a proxy for the London market. Of course, I'm going to show you the London vault data here in a moment. I got that loaded up, but let's look at this first. Overall, the last four weeks, it's been positive add to gold on COMEX. We see some gold coming in overall, and the daily change was positive yesterday. Overall, 1.5 million ounces across London and the U.S. and a couple of other small places positive for gold last four weeks. So gold's actually coming back in. So there is gold supply coming in. Gold is not in a shortage on the major exchanges, even though a lot of it's been pulled off. And we can see that a couple of ways we can see that. We can see that here looking at what's going on um, on the uh, GLD, the big ETF, gold ETF. You can see uh, that there's been increased metal coming in. Now, a lot of the value of the metal coming in is because gold's trading higher, but you can actually physically number ounces has come up. So gold is starting to move back in to some of the exchanges. Silver is a little bit different story. Let's look at that. We go over to silver and we look at the four-week changes negative. A lot of silver coming off of COMEX to the tune of millions and millions of ounces and overall some coming in though to London. So we see some silver coming off of COMEX and going into London. That's very interesting. And we've seen a little bit of uptick in the increase of silver value held. Let's look at SLV, the big proxy. You can see on SLV that the value has gone up. Overall, the holdings are about the same. So in actuality, there's been some silver come in, but it's just that the silver prices are going higher. As we look at London, you can see that there's been just a, a small decrease in the amount of gold held by London. It's holding steady. So gold is holding steady. Silver is a different story. We're actually seeing some more metal come in. So as silver prices have risen, we've seen a little bit more metal come into London, although it's been flowing off of COMEX. And interesting to see there. We're going to move over to Shanghai. This is the data from the Shanghai Exchange in China. We're just going to scroll down. Here's an interesting trend reversal. The amount of gold being traded on the exchange has actually ticked up 7.34% month over month 
and this is in weight in kilograms, so irrespective of price increases. And that means more gold is flowing through Shanghai. There's more interest for sure. Year over year, it was down, but the last month it's gone up. And I think we're seeing a reversal of trend of gold trading in Shanghai. Same on the valuation perspective, up 6.93% because gold prices have been higher. This is my favorite table from this report. The delivery ratio for the past month, 76.4% in gold, 20.21% in silver. Boy, if you go look at CME Group, you don't see that. Uh, over here in gold, you had 395,000 contracts trade. You only had 37 deliveries. That's not even a hundredth of a percent. And the EPs were 1651. That's not a percent either. So whether or not, you know, on Cummix or going for London delivery or Cummix delivery, ain't nothing like China. China is a much higher delivery market. And I think much better indicator what the gold price could be. And there is a premium in the China market. You can look at the Chinese gold exchange and it's usually about a 40 plus dollar premium in China that is in the US because they're heavy delivery. And that's a sign that physical gold prices are going to rise because it's a heavy physical delivered market. And that gives us an idea by looking around the rest of the world, what may be happening to gold. And that's why I like to look at that China report because it's a heavy physical delivered market. They have a price premium. It's very robust. You're starting to see more trade go through there and more trade come off of COMEX. So very clearly in the trade data, you see people pulling metals off of COMEX, moving them a little bit into London and a little bit into China. And that trade is moving west to east. Now, as we talk about the pressure on the dollar and the fact that people are talking about moving away from the dollar and the need for a digital currency around the world to replace the dollar, we're also seeing the commodities markets in the United States, specifically around the pressure of metals, being de-emphasized in favor of London, but especially China. And I think what's happening is the rest of the world is opening up their trade and getting more trade to flow through their markets. And the U.S. is being de-emphasized a little bit. It makes sense because as the dollar comes off of being world reserve currency, some of our markets may not lead either. People may, we may go into a multipolar world market. And I've been talking about a multipolar currency market, commodities market, and you can see it on the commodities exchanges. And that's really some of the big news. There is, you see world trade democratizing and other nations taking control of that trade as they take control of the currency situation and the dollar starts to fade. And again, I think this is positive long-term for America because the dollar has been dominant for a hundred years. And we have not done a great job with that. We've created financial misallocations and exported inflation and wrecked our financial balance sheet. So the United States needs to pull back, needs to let somebody else take the reins for a while. We need to clean out the junk in our system, reemphasize growth and manufacturing, rebuild our economy, and then build back a better, stronger dollar, whether it be digital or paper form. And I, you know, obviously I would like to see gold and silver trade as currency you know, but the dollar probably is where we're going to be if the world leaders have their say. But I think it'd be positive versus take a step back as world leader for a bit, regroup and come back. And then I think that's probably what's happening. And that's an OK thing to have. We've had our time for 100 years at the top of the hill. It's time for us to pull back a little bit, take care of ourselves and then represent ourselves to the world in a much stronger format. So we can go back to having strong trade and having, you know, growth and having every generation in America succeed that's what we want to have. I certainly want to see that for my kids' generation and moving forward. So I think even though there's a lot of negativity out there, there's a lot of positivity coming and a lot of positive comes from negative events. And I think we just need to go fix our fiscal and uh, situation or economic situation and we're going to be okay in the long run. And I think that's the message I wanted to deliver today. So I think even though such negativity and the data, positive things coming from it, we can start to see that you know, in the data as, as those things occur. This is going to wrap it up for today. Everybody have a blessed and wonderful weekend. We will be back next week for the next edition of the Weekly Market Wrap-Up. Stay tuned to this channel you're seeing right now because this is where it happens. This is where we give you the reporting nobody else gives you where we go over the major markets, what's going on in gold and silver, and what's going on with currencies and trade flows. 
and giving you the biggest stories of the week so that you don't have to go do it for yourself. Keep your channel and keep your eyeballs tuned straight here as we do this every week and put out other great content on this channel. Thank you so much for joining. This has been Rob Keats, goldsilverpros.com for your weekly metal wrap-up, ending the week, April 21st, 2023. Hey, thanks for watching. We selected these videos just for you. Check them out. And remember, $4.99 a month keeps the lights on and the channel going. So join our Gold Silver Pro supporter membership. We appreciate your support. Keep stacking.